Welcome to the Pitch Vision Academy Cricket Show, your guide to better cricket. You can sit back and relax for half an hour or so while we talk about the game. We talk about coaching it, we talk about playing it, and hopefully somewhere along the way we'll give you a few tips, a few tricks, a bit of advice. My name is David Hinchliffe. I look after things here. And helping me to help you are two very fine cricket coaches. The first is the director of cricket at Millfield School. It's Mark Garraway. Hello, Garris. How's it going? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Yeah, all going well. Superb. Okay, well, we'll delve in a little bit deeper into things in a moment. Um, But secondly, let's get the other coach on the show. And that is, of course, as always, the head of cricket performance at Portsmouth Grammar School. It's Sam Lavery. How are you, Lavers? Really well. Having a good week. Getting lots done. And um, yeah, been, uh, been a good week so far. So enjoying it. Yeah, magic. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to go and bowl some bounces to someone later. So uh, he wants to work on oh, playing the short ball. So that's a bonus. What yeah. a lovely what a lovely thing to be uh, getting, asked to do. Getting the getting the sidearm ready. Let's talk about uh, tactics, cricket tactics, or or what what comes first, really? Whether it's the tactics that dictate the team or the team that dictate the tactics. And the reason I was thinking about this, because um, I mentioned the other day on Facebook that um, it was great that England were going about this approach where they've got this very attacking game and they're looking in one day cricket, they're looking to sort of go go after the game as uh, throughout the whole 50 overs. And, and it doesn't matter if they lose a few wickets along the way because they feel like they're going to be able to do it. And somebody said to me, well, that's all well and good for England. You know, they've got all these very talented batsmen who can, you know, get about all the way down the order and they're very attacking. And, and so they can, they can do that. And that made me think, well, I wonder which, of, which comes first in these type of situations. Do you, do you look at your lineup and say, oh, we've got all these attacking batsmen, let's have an attacking mentality? Or do you say to yourself, let's take an attacking mentality and see where it takes us with the personnel that we've already got. Maybe they'll emerge from that so I wanted to get your guys thoughts on that what what comes first or does it vary well specifically in the England case it it was the tactic that came first um, because largely the same group of players that had struggled to get 300 and when they did they thought that they had got more than enough in the World Cup of 2015 were the same group of players who uh, were scoring 406 uh, in a game against New Zealand only a matter of weeks later uh, interestingly so um, it was the philosophy and the encouragement and the, the constant strive towards doing exactly what we've now seen them do in virtually every game uh, over the course of the last two years which is just go out there and attack from pretty much ball one and extend that through all the way to 50 overs it was the approach that came first with that group but that's not always the case and um, yes you know it's easy to say that they've been lucky that that uh, players have emerged that have come in and added something to that but the philosophy was the starting point and largely would those players have come in and played in the way that we now have become accustomed to if that philosophy wasn't in place and that came from very much Andrew Strauss having a four-year vision of where he wanted English cricket to be going into the 2019 World Cup. It was very much aligned to what they'd seen in the 2015 World Cup. It's statistically linked and also it's linked around the coaches that he's appointed into that regime and all of the criticism that Trevor Bayliss has got for losing the Ashes 4-0 
uh, out in Australia ultimately fades into a bit of insignificance because the real reason why he was a front runner for that role was his white ball cricket uh, and his experience and success with sides in 2020 cricket and 50 over cricket with the World Cup of 2019 in mind so the, the tactics the philosophy came first in that specific case but sometimes um, it, it comes through the playing group taking you that way uh, in this case it started with the tactics I guess that was going to be my kind of follow-up, uh, Lavers. In that, um, where does that where does that come from? If, if it comes from the players saying, "Well, look, you know, traditionally, perhaps we've we've built an innings, you know, slowly from the start and then gone for it at the end," um, but we kind of want to we kind of want to be a bit more dynamic and a bit more aggressive about it because we can see it can be successful at higher levels. Where where do these things come from? I, I guess they have to come for the players, don't they? Because if the players don't buy into it, you're not going to get very far, no matter how much you insist as a, as a coach or a manager or a, or a captain even. Yeah, there's going to be... The idea initially is obviously going to come from within the group somewhere, and, and that might be from the coaching group, from the playing group. It could come either way, and it may just be an observation of that this is starting to happen elsewhere, which in England's case, we weren't probably weren't the first people to initiate that kind of style of performance but we're, we're certainly one of the best at playing in that manner now um, so probably an observation kicked it off and, and, and that's something that then needs to be applied and we can all look at other teams and say well they're very good at doing something let's go and do the same thing or let's go and do a similar thing but even better but constructing a, a kind of a framework or a pathway to then create it um, is, is a completely different thing and, and as Gareth said there's not been an enormous shift in the players so it's not like we've gone right let's go and get those load of players over there and get them to do it it has been a similar a similar group largely who have done it with a with a few kind of I guess a few of the group are probably a bit more experienced and a bit more comfortable at that level as well so they've had a bit more time not quite so fresh into it but um, it certainly is something that has that has developed enormously successfully and it started with um, I, I would say an observation of where where the game is going and where we need to go to to compete or to or to dominate and people people are talking about this at the moment this would be a question for you guys about are England um, a little are, are England going to be a bit overcooked are they are they kind of a bit ahead of the curve and, and, and perhaps they're peaking too early but can you play too too much good cricket too often is another question, and I, I don't think you really can. Yeah, I'd say probably not in this case. You look at the sides that have won uh, World Cups in uh, certainly in my sort of awareness lifetime as such. They've been the sides that have carried the best form in. It's only probably Pakistan in '92 going uh, going all the way back there that that won a tournament which um, won that World Cup without being necessarily the ones that have played the best cricket throughout the tournament. Uh, you know the domination of uh, of Australia and then uh, India in in India in 2011 and so on and so forth. That that's been fairly consistent with the way they perform going into tournaments as well as actually at the tournament so I think this is only a good thing I think what happened back in uh, 20 what would it have been 2015 wouldn't it when um, that transition came in when uh, Paul Farbrace first had that squad against New Zealand and then Trevor Bayliss joined for the next one day international squad is that they were very keen to uh, to change the way that England played they had two home tournaments in uh, succession in the ICC in the World Cup 
and the, and Straussy built a strategy uh, around it using Fabs and using uh, the experience of um, uh, Trevor Bayliss as well. But also, you, you have to say that Owen Morgan's played an incredible role within this. His interviews at times when they were first doing this, where they either got 400 or got bowled out in 40 overs, were was fantastic. And he basically turned around and said, well, this is the way we're going to go about it and we're going to run the risk of getting bowled out for 225 and 40 overs um, and every now and again in order to get better at this over a period of time because we've got a long-term view. And uh, it's been really really consistent and that consistent public message is being backed up by the way that they're expecting and they're training their players to uh, develop and equally now we're seeing that happening and it's a very clear message that's going into county cricket so the ones that are hot on the heels uh, are demonstrating some skills which are transferable into the game that England want to play when they play one day international cricket. And awkwardly for Owen Morgan now that this kind of this amazing thing that he's been played a massive part in creating is now putting him under pressure, isn't it? Because you have to score runs. So many people are so dominant and score so many runs that his own place, I guess, is going to be questioned over the next few months if, if, if he doesn't rattle up a few runs himself, even though he had a cracking year. And we think well, it was a year to 18 months ago, didn't he? Yeah, and then I suppose it does come down to, you know, what is his value outside of scoring runs? Uh, equally, we know historically that every time he has become uh, under pressure with the bat, he's also pulled it out of the fire as well, which tells a lot about the the, the guy who we're, we're um, speaking about here. Yeah, you know, he's an incredible. Like that, incredible he? Yeah, very much so. And, and, you know, and a little bit like Nasser going back many yeah, years yeah. ago, when, you know, whenever Nasser was under pressure, he used to pull an innings uh, out of the bag. But overall, his, his role and his public role in particular, and, you know, we can't tell what happens behind the scenes, but his public role in expressing how they're going to go about it has just been amazing. Um, and not only has it changed the environment which he's directly leading, it's also changing the way that county cricketers are going about playing with an aspiration of them getting into the England side, playing the right method, brand, whatever you want to call it, of cricket that um, will give them a chance at international level. And that's that's been really exciting. You know, you've got somebody like Sam Billings on the outside of the England side. Well, Sam Billings is a ball striker in bygone years would have been up the number one. Uh, and at the moment, he plays the odd game, doesn't he? Um, Johnny Bairstow has been amazing in all forms of cricket. Yeah, it's only recently, as a result of somebody not being there, that he's he, he's got into the side and done absolutely awesome. So um, the competition is huge because the message is so clear at the top of the game uh, how they want to go about their cricket. Well, I actually heard on a on the radio someone talk about it the other day, and England are at a stage where they're about, I think there are about 15 or 16 players who who could be playing in the side but there are 12 players that have to be playing in the side and that's the situation they're in. There are 12 players that are undroppable and one of them obviously have to be dropped because obviously you've got, you've got an 11 and you've got Ben Stokes coming back and where do you move from there? Well, you have more tough t- conversations and tough decisions but inevitably you create a hell of a good competition amongst players and you set some pretty high standards every time they walk out of play. The exciting thing for me is the fact that they have bowled people out when they've when they've scored under par totals. 
that's the bit that I'm getting excited about now because it's always been very heavily batting reliant and then hopefully you've scored too many runs for the bowl, you know, for the batting side to get against your bowlers. Now we've seen a couple of examples, Tom Curran being the, the most current one um, and the role that uh, Rashid has played in a couple of games of winning when actually the scores look gettable um, and they've been behind the eight ball and that's again been a part of English cricket, you know, even test cricket where we haven't been able to bowl out the opposition. Um, in one day cricket it's really important because you can get as many runs as you want but you've still got to uh, get wickets to, to curtail the run scoring on the opposition and going back a little bit to Morgan it does show that the importance of a captain who is is driving things forward if you're trying to make a change in your team and if you want the team to go with you if you have a leader who is saying come on lads come with me um, even if they're not performing themselves even if they're uh, everyone is backing their vision for it and out on the field you know you have to be you have to be the guy on the field with the vision then uh, that that's what makes a difference so i think even even at lower levels even at club and school level if you've got someone in your team they might not even be the captain but someone who's a leader who who is sort of driving everybody forward in you know whether they're performing at the t- absolute top of their game or not it, it almost doesn't matter it's it's, it's down to that person individually who's, who's helping make that change and driving things forward and in the case of batting you know being fearless and just saying let's come on let's go for it guys it doesn't matter if we get bowled out because you know we're taking that risk to get up to however many hundred that's going to be by the time the world cup comes around <laughs> let's move on to questions questions sent in by listeners to the show and the way that this works is um, we pick a couple of questions and then we answer them and then we decide on the best question of the week, which is an, uh, wins a prize of an online coaching course from Pitch Vision Academy at pitchvision.com. You can email your questions to us for future shows on coach at pitchvision.com or get through to us via other ways, other social media ways. And we'll tell you about that towards the end of the show. But for now, let's head over to Imran's question because he's the first person who contacted us this week and Imran has got quite an open question so we can take it any way we want Um, but I think sometimes we get some really good answers out of these so let's see what he has to ask us Imran says I need to learn how to play I've played a little but I don't know where to start my hero is Imran Tahir can you help me with tips on what to do first my first tip would be do not bat like Imran Tahir. <laughs> um, my second tip... Good tip. <laughs> um, well, it's a pretty open question, isn't it, really? There's a, there's a lot that you can do. How do I play? Well, I guess you kind of need to have a bit of a think about what, what you feel you can offer, where your strengths and weaknesses lie, and find a way that you can maybe contrib- contribute something to a team. And whether you're a batter or a bowler... It sounds like you're possibly leaning a bit towards bowling some spin if you wanna if you wanna be like Imran to here. But um I, I guess first of all yeah, you're looking to try and find a role in some in some kind of team. So play as much as you can, train as much as you can, get involved with as much cricket as you possibly can. Um use the people around you to get a bit of advice. If you're at that kind of beginner stage and you're playing with people who have played, they can give you some hopefully a, a bit of basic advice on the way you're doing things and 
But yeah, just kind of immerse yourself in as much cricket as you can. Watch watch it on TV. Watch the guys that you play with or the guys that you want to play with. Um, and look at the things they do and, and, and see if you can kind of start to um, introduce some of the fundamentals that you see, whether it be on TV or at the local cricket club, whatever it would be, in the, the better players and see them introduce them into your game. Um, if you're going to bowl leg spin... Um, you can probably go back through quite a few of the um, podcasts because we'll have mentioned Pe- leg spin a little bit over the years, and also there'll be um, there'll be plenty of uh, articles out there that we've we've got on Pitch Vision that that talk about spin bowling. Um, so have a have a read through them. But basically, just try and just try and get out there and, and bowl, or try and get there and bat and do as much as you can first of all, because there are so many variables, so many different things to go that are going on. Just make sure you're having fun. Make sure you're enjoying it. Pick up little bits of advice as you can along the way, but play as much as possible, whether it's batting, bowling, fielding, whatever it is. Just don't, when you do do well and you do make it and you do end up getting a, a contract in England, don't go into the atrium in the Rose Bowl in Hampshire and stand on top of the table with your shirt off shouting, I don't need to train, I'm already strong, because that's not what you need to do. Although Imran Tahir did that a number of times. <laughs> Brunchy would be asking where is, why he wasn't at training and he said I'm already fit and he'd take his top off and swing around his head <sighs> bit sore I've got Gouli yes that's one approach, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say take inspiration from your hero, but maybe not in that particular case. Yeah, like, um, he could inspire you, but like, yeah. On the field, perhaps. I was going to say, go for the, <laughs> yeah, look, it's not even a do as I say, not as I do approach, because I don't think that would be work for him either. Um, but like, yeah, do do what he, he does on the field, because, I mean, guy can bowl, can't he? Yeah, yeah. And I think that idea of you know taking the idea of uh, you know I like I like this particular player I like the way he goes about playing cricket I, I admire him and I, I want to emulate him in some way you know you can take that as your spark of motivation and, and take that to go and go and play and go and compete and go and enjoy it and find out if it's something that you feel like you can continue along the road with because you know it's all about it's all about enjoying it especially if you haven't played much you know go out there and play tape ball play cricket play indoor cricket just you know whatever whatever version of the game you can get with a bat and a ball and just start bowling your leg breaks and and see what happens and be ready to make a few mistakes and be happy that um you're learning from them and and just i mean you know what's what's that phrase that you always use garris get on with it yeah absolutely stuck right in yeah because that's what it's all about isn't it you know it's you know we play cricket we use the word play for a reason we play cricket you know we don't work cricket so <laughs> play go and play go and enjoy playing and that can be anywhere can't it it doesn't have to be anything structured it's just even playing in the street or or playing some sort of abridged game i suppose you know where uh, you know you might create your own rules up or whatever is a is a way of getting into it and by doing it you'll develop your own uh, techniques and, uh, and methods and then if you want to refine those a little bit then obviously get involved with a with a cricket club um, find somebody who uh, is a decent coach or a decent mentor and um, and get practicing but you can't get away from the fact that you've got to enjoy the game to start off with play whatever version you want and then seek out what level of support that you're you're looking for and you know it doesn't have to always be an official coach it can be somebody who's just massively passionate about the game that that might stay and watch you uh, hit a few balls that are thrown by your mate and give you some advice there so 
Um, and as you say, looking at YouTube and stuff, you can always pick up tips. We've never been in a, a position now in, the, in our existence on this planet where information is so readily available. So um, as with all information, including the information that we give on this podcast, for example, you know, make sure you listen to it and you, you filter it out and, and find out which bits are going to be uh, best for you. But uh, I wish you all the best. And uh, I was a bit, you know, flippant about Imran Tears uh, batting, but uh, that could be a starting point but one that you'd be looking to move on from fairly quickly <laughs> uh, it, it reminds me of uh, there was a debate this week on twitter uh, a little bit of a debate anyway about you know the use of bowling machines and how um, uh, david lloyd has been saying that oh he, he thinks bowling machines creates robotic batting and and you know players who don't uh, grow up facing bowling machines play more naturally is I think that's the word he used and, and that and I, and I guess you know well, let's not get into that particular debate but I guess the point is that um, if you go about if you go about your practice in a certain way you you do things change in the way that you play so you know and if you go about, about that practice in that kind of you know let's let's play let's be natural let's try and spin the ball hard let's try and um, hit, hit the ball a long way whatever you want to do go out whatever is going to create the greatest enjoyment just go out and do that that's because that's going to keep you going through the game and then um, you can really do something special then if if you're lucky you know I said about making sure you get out there and play right and and play play some cricket whatever level it is whatever format it is I've just had a look on Crick Info Imran Tahir has had 38 different sides in his professional career there you go (laughs) is is there anybody is there anybody who's played more for more than 38 different sides or franchises because that is unreal well let's challenge by the end of the show if anyone can there you find go it. that's the that's question of the week i've won it uh, <laughs> i'd like to have ian Ponce fast bowling course please <laughs> <laughs> next question is from amor and amor says what can i do in nets to play late last season i was out caught mostly driving away from my body cool i've got a fantastic drill which again doesn't come from me um, I picked this up the other week. One of our lads went to a training session with Worcestershire Academy and they had a bowling machine session set up. One bowling machine, uh, going back on your your bit that you were talking about a minute ago, David, one bowling machine right arm over, one bowling machine left arm over and they were bowling pretty full balls, not quite full half volleys, but, you know, up there to drive balls and you had to hit the ball straight down the ground and you had to bounce the ball your side of a bench that was laid halfway across the pitch so effectively you're playing bounce ball which is a game i've talked about a lot on uh, um, this show and talked about it a lot and sort of written about it a lot in some of the articles that i put down but playing bounce ball is is a fantastic way to uh, hit the ball late so instead of thinking technically if your body self-organizes and it attempts to bounce the ball before it gets off of the cut strip for example or before it hits a side net or in this case before the ball travels over or into uh, the bench which is halfway down the wicket and i thought that was quite a nice drill is there anything lavers that you can do you know if you're having a traditional you know club net session where you know it's four or five bowlers and you're facing them and um you know you want to work on that and maybe you're on the indoor indoor nets which tends to make it a little bit easier to hit the ball on the ground anyway doesn't it it's it's you know because you can you, it, there's a little bit less um 
uh, margin for error when you're outside on the, on the grass. So, is there anything you can do in that in that kind of scenario to to improve your ability to play late? Well, with the, you can transfer the same drill that Gareth was talking about first of all into that net situation. So there's no reason that what you do against a machine you can't try and do in a in a net situation. So when the opportunity comes to to get forward and play some kind of front foot drive, whether it's through the covers or down the ground, then you you can be looking to do a very similar thing. And it it may not be that you have a bench that goes across, but you could chalk them up across, or it might be before it hits the end of the mat or something. So that's something you could you could certainly start with. I I, I remember watching. Um, uh, Michael Carberry, as he used to warm up before he would bat in a in a net session, and he would a lot, often he would he would start with a lot of very late defensive shots. No matter what, how good or bad the ball was, even if it was just a gentle throwdown, he would just practice letting the ball travel past his front pad and playing it almost as it was approaching his back foot um, and play the ball very very late and just try and get in the habit of doing that against a slower bowler before he then went into whatever he was going to do following that. Um, so it's almost overemphasizing that idea of waiting for the ball, um, and then that would transfer into driving the ball and then getting out there and facing a machine or a net or whatever it was going to be. Um, so just trying to. Often we think about speeding things up to make them more difficult, but if you take the pace away, in this circumstance and force yourself to really wait for the ball, then that can make it um, a lot, a lot, uh, uh, a lot easier when the, the faster ball comes through. Um, but other things that in terms of like the technical aspects of what you might want to do to, to help yourself play a little bit later and not get yourself chipping balls in the air just I think I see a lot of guys who, who make that mistake of they chip the ball in the air and, and to counter it they try and compact themselves they try and make their backswing shorter they try and be more organised in their head but and effectively all they're doing is um, in making their swing shorter and being more compact is they're, they're having less time through the backswing left time through the downswing and they're becoming earlier and earlier and earlier so don't feel like kind of reducing the size of your movements is necessarily going to make you play more in a more organised fashion. Stay with a lot of freedom. Keep keep your backswing nice and long and loose. Make sure you allow your hands to get back and high and in turn the ball will travel further and hopefully you'll be able to play that ball that little bit later as well. Apart from that, wait for the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got to get there, isn't it? <laughs> you just have to wait a little bit longer. Uh, another another good one another good one is um, for many because we always talk about playing it under our eyes mm-hmm. don't we everybody goes on about that on telly always played that under his eyes is actually for some people that isn't necessarily late enough so asking somebody to try and hit it in line with their belly button so again forget everything else and just try and hit the ball in line with their belly button um, uh, which allows that ball to come on an extra little bit and often they end up probably playing the ball slightly later than behind their eyes but they have a little bit more control about it so there's loads of loads of different things but it all comes down to self-discipline really because whether you stick a bench down or whether you do the drills that Sam talks about or whatever it has to be um, monitored by yourself you know and sometimes instead of putting a bench down or some markers you can just go right I'm actually going to be really disciplined and I'm going to pretend that there's one there and I'm going to play every ball from the bowler so it bounces you know before before that imaginary line and that's in many ways that's what sort of splits are good from the great because even in the height of battle uh, somebody like a Raul Dravid would be playing a game within a game 
you know so technically if he realised that the pitch was a bit stoppy he would say right I'm going to bounce every ball into the deck here even though he's got a Lassif Malinga bowling at him or you know he, he might have Mitchell Johnson bowling at him uh, he sort of takes that out of the equation and focuses very much on the process um, and that's something that stood in him in, in very very good stead when he played on, on slower wickets yeah, that reminds me of another thing that you've said in the past, Gareth, um, which is hitting the ball on the downswing, not the follow-through. Yeah, brilliant. Gary Kirsten, fantastic. Gary Kirsten. Yeah, yeah fantastic. And that that is a really good... There's there's not many there's not many things, sort of one-sentence things you can say that, that switch a light on so consistently as that, I think. And the number of times I've said that since you... Whenever it was that you said it, or a year ago, or whatever it was that you said it... Number of times I've said that to somebody, and they and it's it sort of turned the light on with them, and they've they've tried to do hit on the downswing rather than the follow through, and they immediately start hitting the ball on the ground much more consistently. Certainly, certainly on that in that session. So just that slight change of of mindset there might might be enough to get you a bit more consistent on it as well. So. Um, sometimes you just need a, a word or a phrase or, or something simple. It doesn't need to be anything complicated or drills. You don't have to do 10,000 reps on a drill. Sometimes it can just be a slight change of, of your viewpoint on the world and then uh, it, it all clicks together for you. And those are, those are brilliant moments in coaching, aren't they? Okay, let's wrap it up there. That's the end of the show for another week. And um, we're going to head off in a moment. But before we do that, we just need to decide on the winner of the competition, the online coaching course from Pitch Vision Academy at pitchvision.com, of course. That's what's up for grabs. And Imran had a question about learning how to play. And Amal had a question about playing late in nets. Uh, which one did you prefer this week, Garris? I like the uh, one playing with uh, playing the ball late um, this week in particular. I thought, again, two really good questions. I love an open-ended question. It's brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that playing the ball later, because I think, you know, certainly from my point of view, I learned one or two little things as well from listening to you guys. So uh, it's always good to steal a few ideas. Uh, yeah, yeah. What is it? Great, great artist steal something like that. I can't remember exactly what it is, but yeah, something. Yeah, like. I, d- I don't know yeah. much about being a great artist, but I know <laughs> I'm very good at stealing stuff. <laughs> and if someone else wanted to get in touch with the show, Agaras, they were thinking, oh, I, I want to win the prize. I want to get my question answered. How could they reach out? They could give us a call on 0203 239 7543 or drop us an email on coachatbitchvision.com. That's correct. As previously promised, I'll tell you about our, our social media activities. You can get us with a question through on pitchvision.com just by finding the Pitchvision Academy account there and sending us a message on the messaging system. You can go over to Facebook, facebook.com slash pitchvisionacademy and send us a message there if you want to do that. And you can find us on Twitter at pitchvisionacad. If you want to listen to this show every week, you can subscribe, do a search for Pitch Vision Academy in your favorite podcast app or go to pitchvision.com slash academy and click on the podcast link and you'll get all the old shows going right back to episode one with the show notes there and you can stream them, download them, do all that good stuff. That's all for this week. We hope you listen next week, but until then, have a good week. Cheers, Garris. Cheers, Lavis. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Bye.